0: Disclaimer, AFL players, coaches and umpires are professionals. The hilarious remarks and nicknames said in this podcast are not intended to be offensive in any way. Listener discretion is advised.
1: <laughs> Kiss, your cousin. Kiss, your cousin.
0: Kiss him on the lips. All right, this is the Cousins AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Keebs, coach of the Super Subs. I'm here
1: with my cousin Jados, coach of NFNL, KFKL, no fife, no life, no fife, no life. Brought to you by the Will Satterfield Appreciation Society. (laughs) What a, what a beautiful man! What a beautiful man. Um, we could just spend half this podcast talking about him. I think <laughs> um, we could. We how'd we you go could. this week, Cuz? Badly.
0: <laughs>
1: badly. How, yeah, badly. How did you go this week, Cuz? What did you? What did you uh, score? Well, I scored at twenty fifty five, so pretty solid. I was, I was feeling upset last night. I was in a bad mood. I was writing notes ready for our podcast, and I was ready to bake like half my team. And I was just thinking, like, you know, Fife was a laid out this week. He didn't play. And it was just, it just represented where my team is at. You know, when there's no Fife, I have no life. There's you know, no life. Just, it all falls. Yeah, there is no life. It all just falls apart. Um, But just like last week, all my players on a Sunday, bloody pulled it together and um, got me over the line for a, like, I think I was basically at par. I think 20, 2050. It was probably par this week. I went up about 1K, so maybe I was just above par. Um, And I'm I'm now ranked 5,233rd. So not too bad. I'm just behind you, Keebs. Where are you at? You are, mate. So I scored 2,004, which I ended
0: up being very lucky to just climb over the 2,000 mark. I had Callahan go off. In the last quarter, put up like 30, 31 points or something in the last, and then, um, yeah, Cogs, Cogs did a couple of things very late just to scrape me over. But I'm um, pretty flat. It was a pretty disappointing, pretty disappointing uh, week, mate. And my rank is four thousand seven hundred and thirty-nine at the moment. So I dro- I've dropped about what three point five k. And I think it's time for a press conference, cause press conference. All right, it's time for a press conference.
1: you're a toilet trained afl jerk media journalist that's all you are you're a pubic hair
0: okay so i just want to make a statement myself the rest of the coaching group players and staff of the super subs want to apologize to our fans we know that performances like that are unacceptable and frankly it is not what we stand for as a club we are deeply disappointed in our efforts over the weekend. And we are committed to showing not only our fans, but the rest of the competition that round one was not a fluke. We are a proud team that has higher aspirations for the season, and we look forward to rising up the ranks and challenging for a hat. In addition to our public apology, we are making changes to the leadership group. Sam Doherty has been demoted from vice-captain to emerging <laughs> leader, and Josh Dunkley <laughs> has been demoted from captain to vice-captain. Both players have been told that their efforts and conduct have been unacceptable. As such, I'm pleased to announce Will Setterfield as the new captain of the Super Subs. I'll now field some questions.
1: (laughs) Sorry for um, laughing in the middle of your press conference. It wasn't very uh, professional as a reporter. But um, how does it feel as a coach to know that you've dropped 3,500 spots after what was such a promising start? it feels bad. It it feels very bad. Like I say, you know, normally a coach
0: goes into bat for their players, but at some point you've got to put it back on the lads. And, um, it was just a disappointing effort across the board. To be honest, uh, I feel like my, my coaching this weekend was, uh, was not actually too bad. I made some, I made some, some bad choices, but I was, I was just deeply, deeply let down by the, the leadership group. And, uh, yeah, the boys know what's expected of them now, so we're ready to bounce back for next week, but uh, I'll be better as a
1: coach too. I'll so, be. so you as the coaching group are not taking responsibility for your drop-in performance this week. You're putting it on the players, are you? Well, you
0: know, maybe maybe I, I, I could have pushed the boys harder. I could have been, been more diligent in uh, my processes for selecting the leadership group, but... Oh, are you I, not concerned you know, about
1: your decision-making surrounding your captain choices?
0: Uh, is that yeah, not on you? That, that is of great concern. That's why the the C has now been transferred over to Will Setterfield, um, because quite frankly, he's just been showing the boys
1: how to get it done. So you're not you're not uh, backing in your senior players to bounce back as Absolutely captain. not. All right. No. Josh Dunkley has had two chances as
0: captain, and both times has just been disappointing. Average of 87 on, on the season. Disgusting. Sam Doherty, round one. All right, not bad. Still not quite what I wanted from a VC. Round two, disgusting. You're done. You don't get to keep making the same
1: mistakes in my team and get away with it. Demoted. Okay, so it seems like you've made a pretty clear message to your players and especially Absolutely. to your senior players. Um, yeah. Any uh, young players that you you you're happy with their performances this week? There
0: is some young players that I'm happy with their performances of this week. Some 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 popular players, but Harry Sheezel, beautiful. A round of applause. Harry Sheezel deserves to be vice captain, but he's just too young. But <laughs> to this point, he's been he's been phenomenal. Kay Chandler came in for the subs this week, 64. You know what, as a rookie, solid, did his job. Will Ashcroft did his job. Finn Callahan, yeah, yeah, just got there. <laughs> just crossed the line of what was acceptable in the subs by one point. But even he did his job, beat his BA. Ruben Jinby did his job. Charlie Constable did his job. Warps did his job. It's the senior players that are letting down the super subs and a message had to be sent.
1: Seems that the message is pretty clear to the players. Do you have a final message to your fans out there before you wrap up this press conference?
0: Look, like I said in the in the statement, uh, we know that we, we need to improve and uh, we just want you to stick with us because the super subs, we, we have full confidence that we're going to go a long way this year and uh, we'll bounce back this week. So just... Stick with us, and we'll be
1: we'll be good. All right, thank you for your time. I think that wraps us up. Okay, so press conferences are done for the super subs. Um, let's talk about our hogs for this week. Who do you have, Cuz? Well, I explained it in the presser. The man is
0: absolutely on fire. He's averaging one hundred and twenty-six. Will Satterfield, you're an absolute beast, mate. Six hundred and ten K to start the year. Yeah. He deserves it. He's done everything and more that you could have asked for and has just been a phenomenal pick. So setters props, mate, backed up your one twenty with a one thirty. Ah, yeah, yeah. I can't I can't say enough about the man. He carried the subs this week and he's he's the single single reason that I was able to hold my optimism through the weekend and come out feeling like there's an end to the sadness.
1: <laughs> Alright, my hog for this week is Jack mother-f***ing baby! <laughs> <laughs> I feel so good about this. This is like the highlight of my weekend by so far because it felt like a risk. Um, I put a poll out on Twitter a couple of days ago Just asking whether he was a trap or whether he was treasure. And it was pretty, it was pretty split. Um, I think just after one round of data, it's, you're definitely taking a risk on a guy like that. But the man dropped a 109 for me. And I just, the, the thing that feels so good about it is that the other option I was really, really considering was Finn Callahan. And I'm really glad I did not do that. Um, so Jack Zeeble on debut, I think the thing that got me over the line is just that he was playing Fremantle and I brought him in against Fremantle in 2021. We We brought, yeah, yeah, yeah. We brought him in in 2021 against Fremantle when he dropped that 170. And to this day, it is my favorite trade that I've ever made. Um, It was fun, mate. (laughs) It was so funny. Uh, just genuinely the best, just the best thing that's ever happened in fantasy. And so I was like, it's a sign. It has to be a sign. Um, and I did it and he looks great. Um, looks like he could average 90 plus as a forward. He's going to get defender status as well. He is the man. Jack Zebel is my hog for this, for this week. I'm flat because
0: I considered, I considered Zeeb strongly, but I opted to be safe and pay a little bit more. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on trades later, but I, I missed I out missed on Zeeves this week and I'm, I'm feeling a bit flat about it. But my flog, my flog for this week, honestly, I could name half the team. I'm pretty annoyed, but I'm going to go with McRae and Bevo together. Just because you're not in the CBAs, mate, doesn't mean that you can just mope around and do nothing. 73? What? disgusting mate that is such a bad score and we both almost captained him this week thinking he'd be big i don't know what bevo's doing throwing around the magnets like that getting him out of the midfield oh it's just it's so frustrating but mccray he's my m1 you're a flog mate a straight flog also i want to just point out doc for being a flog I, I have confidence in Dr. Bounce back, and I had three more almost flogs. Gus McGrath and Callahan all <laughs> saved their games right at the very end. You only get Just one. You only get one, I know. I'm mad at everyone, mate. I'm taking it all out. <laughs> but Mc, Mc, McRae is the one. Flog. Absolute flog. I don't know. He might be out of my team this week. I'm pretty mad. But if he stays, he better drop a 120
1: this week. <laughs> Who's your flog, cuz? He runs. Uh, just quickly on McCray. He runs around like he's drunk. Like he, he like he, uh, he has this weird thing with his shoulders where they like kind of twist side to side, and his head also like moves. You know what? He, he's like he looks a bit drunk. He also has these like really short strides. Like you, mu- like you could probably walk at the speed that he jogs at. It's like fake jogging. Um, but he looks like a primary school kid before like a kid learns how to run properly. Like that, you know that that like at the end of a school carnival, he looks like the kid that's coming last. He's and just fatigued, like and he's- just red in the face, like puffy, just so bad. That's what McRae looks like. Um, that's a Bevo. I, I'm going to jump in actually. I'm going to give Bevo a roast because, mate, just because your your star midfielder in McRae has had a poor start and your team is getting smashed, I hate that he throws the magnets so quickly. It's like. Mate, give him a chance to get in the game. He's not going to get you back in the game if you sit him at full forward. just He's a three-time All-Australian. Just give him the chance to do his thing and get back into the game. You know what I mean? It's like, why, why are you playing Caleb Daniel in the midfield? It's just bizarre. But they still got smashed in the second half. I'm expecting McCray to play midfield next week. I hope so, mate, because I I'm on the edge about it. Here's my M1 and my M2 this week was Kelly. So, mate, the, the senior players, my big dogs are just I'm not feeling good about it. But I think you got to back in your primos. That's that's fantasy, mate. It is, but there is now a year
0: and two rounds of data on McRae to point to him not being an Uber Primo. And I don't want him sitting in my team if he's going to average just around the 100 mark and drop crap scores. He can go up to a legit primo. I don't want to give him another chance because we, time and time again, hold your primos is, all, is like almost always the way to go. But time and time again with guys like McRae, we hold for too long and they drop crap score after crap score. And then next thing you know, they've just cooked your season. I'm I want to be proactive and just
1: get him to lead, and not worry about M1. New but who's your flogger? Well, I flog want to because? keep talking. I want to keep talking about this because I think um I think led is someone like if if you can get to lead, I think then it's a good trade because led no matter what, he's going well, to be a well, step like a level up from McRae and he's a genuine captain option. Like there's no way you could trust McCrae with the captaincy at the moment. No, nah, you could. I expect you him to bounce back. There's, I don't I don't we'll, see him we'll, averaging less than a hundred, but like lead is another level to that. So if you yeah, have the we'll, money we'll, to pull the trigger on that, do it.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll get into our trade chat in a
1: bit, but yeah, I think I think the same thing. Let lead is on another level. It's time for my vlog. I talked about McRae for too long. Um my vlog for this week is Dom bloody sheed mate. His Dom is bad. Mate, the guy is allergic to a tackle. I reckon the Eagles trainers have an EpiPen waiting for him in case he accidentally hugs someone and just has, like, an allergic reaction. He's so slow. I reckon I could sprint faster than the man. Like, he looks awful out there. And he's getting bulk midfield time. I think the way that West Coast play, they're looking like like, they don't play the same way that the Eagles used to play. You know, they used to chip it around all day, every day. They're the highest chip mark fantasy team. Um, in the league a couple of years ago when Dom Sheed was a 90 plus guy. They don't play like that anymore. He's getting bulk midfield time and all he does is handball. He's, he doesn't lay a tackle. He's not spreading for the marks. Uh, he's so far out of my team this week. I'm, I'm off him. He managed to scrape to a 70. But he was horrible in that second half. And I was flat because he was on 49 at half time. And Cogs was on 74 at halftime. I was like, mate, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chuck on the footy. I'm going to have a great time. And I sat there and I watched Sheed have a 23-point half. I saw Cogs have a 33-point half. And now I'm in a salty mood for the pod. <laughs> <laughs> so Dom Sheed is a flog. He's the flog for this week. And he'll never be the flog again because he's out of my team. One and done, mate. One and done. I'm, I'm stoked that. I jumped off Sheed this week. It, that was a that was a
0: fun move to make, and I missed his average score again. I, I I saw it in last week's game. I was like, nah, he's cooked. If you can't drop a decent score in North with like all the CBAs in the world, you just nah, you can't do it. And then next week goes home at Optus against the Giants. Scores less. Nah, he just handball receives like ground ball gets. He's a he's a decent player, but he's just he's not he's not a fantasy guy. He doesn't do anything else besides handball and get gets the ball. But yeah, it's, yeah,
1: yeah. Eagles Eagles were on top for most of that game as well, and he was just not not getting anywhere near the plus sixes. It's just it is such a red flag. I am I'm getting him so far out of my team. So Agreed. yeah, agree. He is my flog for this week, and um, I guess that brings us to our next segment. <laughs> which is funny because it it um feels like our flogs were just 10 minutes hot, of us hot. doing hot ba- hot bakes but we're going to roll into some more hot bakes. Hot bakes. All right, kick us off cuz. What have you got?
0: All right. I've got so I wrote down the word bevo because I hate you bevo. We we baked him together. I'm not going to hot-bake him. I'm just going to say his name and shame him. But my hot-bake is actually directed at Ken Hinckley, and it's for saying that they put defensive attention on Dacos and making it sound like they'd run a tagger on him and try to shut him down and not doing shit. (laughs) They put Lockie Jones on him for a bit. He got absolutely chopped up, and then they're like, nah. Fuck it, we don't need it. We don't need it. We'll just let him do his thing. And he smashed them all game. What do you have? Thirty-two and two, and just I think he had the most meters gained on the ground. It's just ridiculous. Ken Higley, if you're not gonna really try and put attention to someone, don't say it, mate. Just don't say it. Just say, oh, I don't know. That's all you gotta say, mate. Don't tell lies. Hot bake to you for lying to the fantasy community. For just lying in general, you're a liar <laughs>
1: and you get baked. Can I jump in? Because I wrote this down as my bake as well. <laughs> I wrote, <laughs> Nick Dacos needs to be tagged properly. Why would you send a player as unfit as Lockie Jones to him? And then, like, just what a strange matchup to start with. And then, okay, so this is this is Nick Dacos' first half. He burns you with 17 disposals and a nice snag. And your thinking is, oh, why don't we lift the tag? Why don't we just let him run completely free for the second half? What? What are you doing? He's just burnt you for a whole half of footy, and you put less attention into him for the second half? It makes no sense. And what did Lockie Jones <laughs> do in the second half? Absolutely nothing. So dumb. They deserve to lose that game by as much as they did. It's absolutely so ridiculous. I'm, I'm bad. <laughs> as- I'm bad too, mate. <laughs> And it's funny because I reckon any Dacos owners that are listening to this pod are just enjoying us whinging about it. They're just like, they're just soaking up the tears of us salty non Dacos owners, which I am. It's, it's so frustrating watching him go anywhere
0: near the ball. Like he could be 80 meters away, but as soon as he gets a sniff, of being within a kick and a half, he just screams and demands the ball. And it's so frustrating (laughs) to watch his little arms just waving in the air. And you're like, no, stay away from him, please. (laughs) It just doesn't happen. It's so annoying. Someone tag him. Please tag him. Oh, my God. Mate, this is
1: just. This is our message. This is our, like, a message of distress. Please. Cry for help. someone. Yes, cry for help. Oh, all right. So those are our hot bakes for this week. Let's get into the games. Um, This is going to be just a discussion of everything we saw. I think between us, we watch pretty much every game, every weekend. And this is just going to be our discussion therapy. Just get, you know, get it all out. So the first game, Geelong versus Carlton. What happened?
0: Yeah, so it's... Pretty crazy, actually. I've been on holiday and I still managed to watch almost every game. <laughs> um, so the first freak, thing,
1: mate,
0: I just love, I just love the footy and fantasy, mate. But the first thing that I noticed, the main thing from the game, really, was that I, I flagged it last week. I thought he was going to get dropped, but Lockie Cowan, I don't think, is up to really up to scratch f- for our rookie. Rookie options this year, just I don't know. I just don't like what I'm seeing from him. I think he's in line, either in line to get dropped, and if he doesn't get dropped, I think he's going to keep dropping
1: like forties and thirties. And yeah, I want to jump off him. Can I chime in? Yeah, I think he played okay. I, he'll hold his spot just because they they won the game, but he's not he's not going to make too much more money. I, he doesn't have he doesn't have a fantasy game about him. So yeah, I'm looking to jump off as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Look, I honestly do think he'll hold his spot as well, but yeah, I don't I don't want him in my team anymore. Tanner Brun also bad option. If you got him in classic jump off immediately, you should have done Get it last so week. so far away. Yeah, I I don't want to be anywhere near him. I don't think he, we saw he passed the eye test in the preseason, but since then he's just dropped poor scores and I don't really see a lot of potential in
1: him from a fantasy point. But that's another another discussion. Well, can I just say he had even less yeah, midfield yeah. time, and his his time on ground was sixty two percent. So there is just no way you can you can drop a good fantasy score with those kind of numbers. Very true, very true. Uh, I
0: wanted to say, yeah, Doc. I am annoyed at him, but uh, Geelong were actually working really hard to shut down Doc's run. Like it always seemed when Doc was streaming forward, asking for the ball, they were they were blocking his path and and getting people in in front of him. So I think we bounced back this week. It seemed like they actually put a bit of attention into him in that way. There wasn't anyone running with him, but there was people trying to stop him from getting the ball in dangerous spots. And the last thing that I really noticed from this game that I wanted to say was Hollands, Ollie Hollands is awesome. He had a great game. We saw it last week and we kind of, he, he, he had a poor score and not the best game, but we saw the potential last week and that came through this week. 77 is a great score and he runs so hard. I think his JS is rock solid now.
1: Yeah, he was sprinting in that last quarter. Everyone else looked cooked and he was sprinting to get the ball on the outside and it's just – it's great to watch from – like for me especially because I decided to hold Josh Kelly this week um, and he, he dropped a 77 for me, which was massive. Because I managed to go up in rank this week and hold Josh Kelly. So, shout out to Ollie Holland. You're a legend. Um, cool. So, let's move on to the next game. We had Brisbane versus Melbourne. <clears throat> and the first thing I want to say is that Dunks had the weirdest game. He looked so bad, especially in the first half. He looked like especially in those like center bounces and the ball ups, like any any of the contested stuff, he just like stood there. Like the ball would never get tapped his way, but he wouldn't like run into the space. He'd kind of just watch it unfold. Um, He was just like really slow. He wasn't trying too hard to tackle. He definitely wasn't spreading for the plus sixes. And the comparison I want to make is he looked like what Jared Lyons looked like last year. And, mate, I know what Jared Lyons looked like last year because I owned him, and it was the worst experience of my whole life. <laughs> Jared Lyons, I think he... <laughs> there's, nothing worse has happened to me <laughs> in my 24 years of existence
0: that got me. than owning
1: Jared Lyons last year. And that's what Josh Dunkley looks like. Like, when the team has the ball, he's not running to get a plus six. He, like, jogs through the corridor. And it just, the ball is just not going down there. You know, he just like, he jogs up to the next contest. It's like all those like contested beasts from those other teams. Like Ollie Wines, that's how he used to play all the time. Like he would just try and win it at the contest and then he'd just jog to the next one. And that's like their role. It's like Titch as well this year. It's like, it's like, all right, mate, you go win us the footy in the contest, win us a clearance, and then do nothing. Or maybe sit forward. And that's what he looks like. So I was kind of mad because I had the captaincy on him, and I was watching him very closely. I hope he can bounce back. Maybe um, when Brisbane finally play like an easy team, they'll just get a bit more junky. Because we know we know Dunks like can get amongst the junk. He's one of those players. The Doggies were a pretty junky team back in the day, but I'm slightly concerned that that is not part of his game anymore now that he's moved to Brisbane. All right, so I was
0: I was at this game live. Um, it was a wild game, mate. A lot of weird stuff happened, but I, I reckon Dunks will be fine. I was watching him closely too, and I did see what you're describing. Like, he looked kind of slow, and he wasn't too keen to run and spread for the ball, but I don't know, man. It was It was a bit of a weird game. He's still at a new team, finding his feet. Like, he had a couple massive quarters, and he did get going, um... You know, after the first quarter, what was it a quarter time it was I know it was super low, like ten or something. I think it something was thirteen. Ridiculous.
1: Off the top of my yeah, head, I think su- it was
0: thirteen. You know, so after then, he really he he really got working into the game, and I thought he actually played fine. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah, thirteen he was on. Obviously, you want to see a bit more from him, but I think he'll be
1: okay. Um, yeah, it's annoying because he was both our captain, but. It's weird because he like, he didn't pass the eye test, but he had like, I think he had nine clearances or something crazy. Like he actually had a good game. He dropped a massive score in super coaches or not a massive score. I think he dropped 117 in super coach. So that's the concerning thing. Like he played his role perfectly and they won. And it's like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he is the Jared Lyons of, <laughs> nah, you don't think so. Nah, you... I don't think so either. Nah, you... I'll back him, I'll back him to, to bounce back as well. but. It's, it's just a poor start. It's frustrating. Yeah, Dunks is going
0: to be a beast. I still think he's going to do 110 plus this year. He's just had a bad start. And some players, it takes a while for them to find their feet at a new team. But I agree, mate. It's frustrating because he was my captain. I was there to see him in the flesh, and it was just a huge disappointment. But they played the Dogs this week on Thursday night. So it could be a huge revenge game for him. Revenge gonna, game! Yeah, he, he's going to have my VC, so... I'm keen to see. I'm keen to see what he can do. Um, anyway, the rest of the game. Will Ashcroft is the man. He looked phenomenal. He had such a good game. It was crazy. 31 and a goal, a stack of clearances. He only scored 90, but that for a rookie is awesome. Um Clary, Clayton Oliver. It hurt me to watch him live. He was everywhere doing everything. He's just a beast. That's what he does. He has the weirdest looking hair. He does mine. like it. That's all I have to <laughs> say about it. <laughs> and as as a bald man, I'm fully qualified to critique other people's hair.
1: <laughs> um, I got I got another note for the game. I've got Grundy, heaps more. Continue. Okay, well, I've got one more, and then you can say the rest. Grundy is an option for Sean Darcy owners that want a rage trade. He didn't. He didn't have a massive score, but I think he's gonna. He's gonna get going. Um, what? Gone? How long's gone out for? Like, maybe not that long. I actually, think, four weeks. I think five four weeks. to six, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Maybe he's not an odd option. I wrote that down before the Gorn news. <laughs> but yeah, Grundy. Grundy will drop some good scores over the next few weeks.
0: Well, the way Gorn was was acting, it looked like he'd done an ACL or something. So. Yeah, I was thinking the same. I was like, Grundy, mate, he could be an option. Even that, uh, you know, I've got Primo Rux, but still, Rucks, forget. Yeah, um, but yeah, he he could still be good for a few weeks, but I don't think you you would really want to do it in classic. Um, Jared Berry should get so just way more mid time. He's a beast inside mid, and he just he always makes huge plays when he's in there, but he he just doesn't get like legit inside mid time. It's kind of annoying. Um, the two other things was it was, the game was just crazy. The power went out <laughs> being there at the stadium while that happened was like the weirdest thing ever. Um, yeah, it was pretty entertaining. <laughs> it was pretty entertaining, but it was a weird game. Um, and I just wanted to slightly hot bake goodie for giving harms bulk CBAs and just a game in general harms is crap. Why is he playing in, in Melbourne's mid rotation, mate? I don't understand. You got someone like Gus who's a legit beast inside mid and Harms is playing there over him. Doesn't make any sense, any sense at all. I'm still mad, mate. I'm going to be mad the whole way through the pod.
1: All right, well, let's move on to the next game. We've got Collingwood versus Port Adelaide. The first note that I've got written here is that it is just physically painful to be a Nick Dacos non-owner at the moment. but I am going to double down on it, I think. He's priced in the high 90s now, so I don't know. I For him to be like a value pick, he, he presents some value, but now it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's funny. It, I, I just expect the attention to come. Like, he's the most hyped player in the comp at the moment. I can't see, like, a team not giving him, like, genuine attention. But that's that's where I'm at with it. I, I, I don't want to just, like, chase him and then just concede that I've lost and then h- him, like, slowing down. Then I'll just really have cooked it. I don't think
0: missing two solid scores is chasing and losing. Like, missing, you know, missing t- two good scores is not ideal. But someone like Dacos, he's going to be – he's probably going to be a primo defender for the whole year. Maybe he slows down, but I don't, he's not going to be. He's probably not even going to be sub hundred. So, the fact that he's still going to be priced less than that, f- for me, I, I'm I'm kind of keen to pay up and just and just ride the ride the day cost train. Um, that was my first note as well, and then my second note was Ken Hinkley is a head. <laughs> that was the same. It's the reason that I hot baked him, and you hot baked him. <laughs> but tag the man. Or don't lie. And <laughs> the only other thing that I had written down was a big fat, I told you so, about JHF. He's he's not a good fantasy option. Well, you brought him in in Supercoach. <laughs> Supercoach is different, son. And in Supercoach, he's 300K. In fantasy, he's like 550 plus. And he's crap because he, he doesn't rack stats up. I thought, I thought he'd be that impact player, like Pratraka was early in his year, like in his career. Sorry, like Danger was early in his career, and that can still translate to a good option in SuperCoach, especially when you're underpriced. But this is not a SuperCoach pod; it's
1: an AFL fantasy pod. Wait, but and just he quickly, sucks in AFL fantasy. Hey, just quickly though, we talks off air before we started recording. And you told me you brought him in Supercoach And you said you're going to trade him straight out so Yeah, because you you it's shit different. Yeah but you, you said it's different But you're still looking to move him on
0: Yeah, because it was I'm a saying. legit It was a legit option in Supercoach But I did it And it was crap And it was even worse in AFL Fantasy <laughs> they're, they're different games, mate It's not a the Super joke's Coach on you.
1: Pod. The joke's on you, cuz The joke's the on jokes- you the joke's
0: on you for talking to our AFL Fantasy Pod listeners about Supercoach. <laughs> All right, move on. I'm done. There's no more notes. Oh, you're done. This game.
1: You got no more notes. Yeah. Oh, actually, okay. I have a things. Was, was a things. vanilla game.
0: Darcy was Cameron funny... was good.
1: Now, hey, that's what I was going to say. All right, let me talk now. Let me talk now. Darcy Cameron no. is a genuine option with the ruck time that he had. He had 23 CBAs. That's my note on Darcy Cameron. Um, I just wanted to add one more thing. In this game, Pendles became the all-time leading fantasy point scorer. What a king, mate. Pendles is like, he needs more love, mate. He's like the LeBron, like he's, he's the all-time point scorer of yeah. fantasy. All right, listen listen to these averages. These, these are his season averages in a row, when, like from his premium years. 106, 116, 110, 112, 108. 111, 106, 108, 101, 103. That's 10 years in a row of 100-plus average. What a guy. Just hats off to the Time Lord, Scott Pendlebury. I owned him in my first-ever year of fantasy, and it was a joy. Favourite player ever, probably. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, he's such a beast, mate. Shout-out to the Time Lord, Pendles. Yeah, just the most consistent man ever, It's crazy that he's still so good as a player, not, not fantasy, but just as an AFL player. At this age, with everything that he's done, he's, he's the GOAT. He's also my all time favorite player. I love, I love the man. And yeah, fantasy, most points scored ever. No one, yeah, no one has been more consistent than Pendles as a fantasy option in their career. So shout out Pendles, you're the man. I, I got a little bit distracted while you we were talking because lockout lifted and as soon as it did, I just wanted to see the back of McRae just for a bit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was fiddling quickly with some trades, but I'm back, mate. I'm back. You're back. Do it Do it later. Do it, we'll, we'll have a trade chat at the end. Absolutely. Um, okay, so let's, for the moment, let's keep plowing through. So onto Adelaide versus Richmond. The first thing I want to say is that Rory Laird is back and I want to jump on ASAP. Roy had never left, mate.
0: What well, he did last week leaving for one game doesn't—it does—it doesn't count. It was an anomaly. We all knew he was going to be back, but yeah, I, no, I knew that too. He's—he he's, ha- either has or is next week bottoming out. So yeah, everyone needs to jump on immediately.
1: The frustrating thing is, I wanted him to drop more more in price, but he's just not going to get that cheap. Um, which kind of is like it's it makes McCray more tempting to trade out this week, just because Rory yeah. Laird is possibly the cheapest he'll get.
0: Absolutely, it confirmed a strat. Like the the last two weeks of Laird confirmed a strat not to start with the big dogs, but he's still probably going to be the highest the, the highest averaging player in the game. So just do everything you can to get him. All right, uh, I've got a few more notes. Dawson Jordan Dawson I think his floor is just super high because he gets a stack of kick-ins and Adelaide just trying and get in get in the ball at all costs he's had two well he was good you know he turned up but he's had two average scores average you know for a, a primo average scores but I think he's about to go bang and I'm keen to jump on the Dawson train as well Rob has got a big willy and he's good at footy and anyone who says different is a punk I love Rob. He dropped a 98. He's been solid to start the year. I've got two more notes. Pedlar is going to be a great rook for the year, I think. He's got JS, and he's actually looked fantastic. And the last note I've got is that Sam Berry might not be fine.
1: (laughs) I'm a bit scared. Can I jump in? Can I jump in? You've been pumping up Sandbury for so long. I gave you a hot bake last week, and you doubled down. You said he's still going to average a hundred, mate. At this at this stage, he's averaging forty six. Is that what he's averaging? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Let, let me double check that because that is so bad. That is a horrible it might, start. It might be less forty four, mate. Forty four. Okay, I've got a list. I've got a list of players that are averaging more than Sam Barry at this stage. Also quick shout out to the category B podcast. Um, I had to listen to their latest episode and they were talking about how Sam Barry's is going to have a shit year. And I thought it was so funny. Um, and they, they, um, they commented on our last, on our last podcast, on our post, just saying that they thought it was so funny that Keebs is doubling down on his Sam Barry prediction. But here's, here's our list. Here's our list of players that are currently averaging more than Samberry. First one is Miller Bergman, mate, <laughs> who sucks. Next one is Sam, <laughs> Sam Draper, who, who is going to be a contender for one of the worst fantasy rockmen <laughs> ever. Who's just been a full Like who is, who solo rocks every week and he sucks. Philippu is averaging more than him. Max, Got subbed out on four this week and is averaging fifteen points more than Sam Berry. Imagine if he started with him. I wish he started with him, cuz he's not averaging yep. hundred. He might be lucky to average eighty. He's not even he's not even getting near the amount of tackles he was getting last year. Look, I understand and I just want to say
0: I'm tripling down <laughs> Sam Berry. <laughs> nah, look, I'm uh, I've I've still got my Sanberry stock. I love the man and I think he's gonna be a gun fantasy player at some point, but I've I've definitely gone early. I've definitely gone early on. <laughs> this is not the year. I just want to apologize to everyone who I sold on Sanberry. Keep your Sanberry stock. Cause he'll be good but not this year. This is Played I don't think slogan. In saying that, he's 660k with a B of 120, and if he turns it around, he
1: might end up in my team. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got a couple of other notes for this game. Um, Toronto looks like he could be the top forward for this season. He's like with the with the amount of midfield time, I reckon he's, I, I reckon he's a lock to go 110 plus. He looks awesome. Um, I was gonna bake Dawson. He had a horrible first half. He was on 33 at halftime. But like you said, his floor is just so low because he gets those kick-ins. He can score high. really quickly. Sorry, yeah, his fl- his floor is high. Thanks for that correction. Um, but I just, I'm just waiting. As an owner, I'm waiting for that game where he scores quickly for the whole game. Because I owned him last year as well. And he would just do it every single week. He'd have like a quiet half and then a massive half. Every week. But he'd never have that ceiling. And I'm waiting... Him to have that ceiling game like he did when he, like his final game for Sydney, where he dropped that 150. I'm just waiting for him to do that as an Adelaide player. Um, the other thing is that Rochelle is getting solid mid time, and I think it's too much of a risk to be an option. But he's like on the watch, he's he's moved himself onto the watch list for me. Um, he looks good, he's a gun player, mate. Um
0: yeah, he, he he he's been He'll awesome. definitely be a
1: fantasy fantasy starter at some point. Maybe next year could be his year. But he's cheap and he's a forward, so he's on the watch list already. Um, so, yeah, those are my notes for Adelaide versus Richmond. Let's move on to Western Bulldogs versus St. Kilda. And the first thing I want to say is Jack McRae is a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> we already talked about it extensively, so... We'll move on from that. Um, Jack Steele was awesome. He's the man, um, but he's injured. So I wrote I wrote that note before I realized that he was going to miss a month of footy. But he's still a big man because he played out the fourth quarter and scored like 20 points with a broken collarbone. That's a big man thing to do. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, owners are going to have to trade him to someone. Um, Marshall and English. I noticed had basically identical stat lines. Did you see this, Cuz? Yeah, very, very close. Like super weird. Like they had almost the same number of disposals, like marks, tackles, hitouts. It was really weird. And they had like the same score as well. I think they scored within like two points of each other or something. One point of each other. Yeah, one point. Crazy. Um, that, that's just a random thing that I noticed. Not that it's relevant. Um, and Those are my notes. I had, I had a
0: couple. One was the same as you, just annoyed at McCray and Bevo, but nine CBAs for McCray. It's just a huge concern. Bevo likes to throw the magnets around, but I just, I don't don't want to be a part of it this year. Um, I think the dogs could be in trouble. They, first two games have been just horrendous, horrendously bad. They, yeah, it could be massive, massive alarm bells are sounding at, at the dogs. Um, the only other note I had that you didn't cover was Liam Stocker has actually been really, really solid at the Saints. I think he's averaging
1: 90 and Mate, he's I was very actually thinking cheap that in too. defense. He looks good as well right. when he plays. Um, in the preseason yeah, he's, game, he's I kept awesome. thinking, I kept thinking he was Jack Steele in the preseason game. Like he's pretty, he's pretty well built. Um, you couldn't do it, but he's on the watch list.
0: Well, he's got a pretty friendly role. He's averaging 90 in his 500 K. He was, le- I think, he was less than four fifty when the season started. So I, I mean, I'm not going to do it. But if someone wanted to, I don't
1: think I would convince them not to. That's probably well. What what's his role exactly? I didn't get to watch this game. He's playing as he's a just defender, getting
0: right. Yeah, he's just getting a heap of it off half back and providing run, and he's been he's been awesome, man.
1: Could be an option. Anything else? Not from that game. All right, moving on to the next game. We have North Melbourne versus Fremantle. Jack Zebel is the biggest big man to ever live. Nothing else in this game mattered to me remotely. So I'm just throwing it to you from here on. All right, I've got written down, hail to Lord Sheasel. What a
0: beast. He is the man. I can't believe what he's doing in his first year He's gone into defense. He's averaging 122.5 from his first two games and just looks like a legit primo defender. It's insane. He's so good, mate. I love him. It, it's such a joy. Even though everyone has him, it's such a joy to watch him in your team and just know that he's so solid. <laughs>
1: it's, just- actually, it's like just with the way that my primos are going like so far in the first two rounds, he's going to be a genuine <laughs> captain option for me soon. <laughs> it's, just, it's just not going well. I, I just, I wish I had the C on it. I think he was, was he my top scorer this week? Setterfield was my top scorer, but Sheasel was my second top scorer this this week, which is nuts, mate. Absolutely
0: nuts. Me too, nuts. mate. Me too. Um, primos, I think the Primos, it's funny because you just said that our, ours have been bad, but I think the Primos have started firing now, the big dogs. Clary, Brayshaw, Laird all dropped massive scores. It just seems like the season's kind of, you know, getting rolling now and everyone's getting getting into what they're gonna do for the
1: rest of the season. Can I uh, can I so- just say that can I just say that I came up against Andy in every single one of my matchups this week and it felt bad. It felt horrible. Yeah. How do so many people have Andy? What's going on there? I thought I thought he was gonna be unique, but apparently not um, Sarong was
0: good. I'm actually really interested in Sarong as a classic option. He was average last week but he was awesome this week. And his average game still posted a decent score, so I think he, he could still be a hundred plus, and he's significantly underpriced. But, but um, I tell gave him attention last week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Hayden Hayden Young uh is looks like he's just going to be a huge roller coaster, and that's not something that I want to be a part of. And my last note from this game is that it kind of reminded me through Miller Bergman that. D six is such a challenging spot this year. It's it's by far the hardest spot in my team. I, I don't have, I've got Jinbi on field at D five, but there's no other good rookie def that, that you could confidently field. So I'm looking at a at a massive shake up to get to get my D six to a primo because yeah, it's just I don't like what's happening there at the moment. And I think I think if you can get your D six to a primo or a solid mid pricer like Day, while everyone else is copying forties from that rookie. That's at D six. You're just gonna f- fly in the rankings. I think it's a it's yeah. I, it's a need.
1: I need to address it. I need to get it fixed. Yeah, I got I got kissed this week because I had um I I got 58 from Wilmot, which isn't great, but it wasn't awful. Last week I got Chess's 32. Um, That's this week. I significantly improved in that spot, but I I agree with you. That's like priority one for probably everyone's team is to fix up that D six spot. And Will Day is... Well, we'll get we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But there's, um, you, it's the spot to fix. You know what's concerning um, when you get kissed for 58? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, my last note for the game is that LDU is a beast. He looks like the second coming of Chris Judd. He, he's going to have a massive year. Um, yeah, we all saw it coming. Uh, I saw it coming. He's going to get some attention at some point soon, but... Man, if you're an owner, just enjoy the ride because it'd just be so fun to own him. He was at that awkward price for me, so I, I faded him, but man, he's a beast. All right, so let's move on to the next game. We've got Sydney versus Hawthorne, and the first thing I want to say is that Will Day is a massive target for me. We just touched on it before when we were talking about the previous game. He tackles hard. He spreads for the marks. He looks really good on the inside, and I watched... To, uh, three quarters of this game and he was playing midfield the whole time. Um, yeah, hopefully he stays there. I mean, Hawks keep getting smashed, so I don't know what Sam Mitchell's going to change about their team, but Will Day is kind of one of the shining lights for them, so I don't see him moving from the midfield. He was kind of playing inside and then he was also starting on the wing quite a lot. Um, yeah, well, But he, he, wasn't in, he wasn't in the back line at all from what I saw, so... He had f- 15 CBAs.
0: 15 that's CBAs. Heaps. That's heaps. In in that game. So the most for the Hawks was Newcomb with 17. Day was second with 15. So that's a huge wow. tick
1: on Day. I'm He's I'm He's target well. number one for me. Yeah, I backflipped massively on this because last week I thought the first score was a fluke. I was like, he didn't get as much midfield time as you'd want. And like, I don't know. Just something about Will Day was scary for me, but he really passed the eye test for me this week. Um. Yeah. He's he's like priority target for me. Um. I've al- yeah. I've always liked him as a player. Day,
0: like it, even from his first year, he came in as a defender, and I was like, this guy's going to be a beast. And now that he's getting the mid time, I'm very keen to jump on. I was kind of the same. I was scared. I don't really know why. I think just because he he was so unique, and and those mid prices don't always pay off. But now that we've seen two games of data, he had more CBAs this week. It's just a massive tick for me as well. So. He's, he's in my trade plans. Jake Lloyd is in solid form. It's good to see. I he, I think he's a classic option. I I wouldn't do it, but it's you know he's been a primo defender for years and years and years. So it's good to see him in solid form. Lloyd Meek was really good after Reeves left the game. So if for whatever reason Meek becomes the Hawks' number one ruck and they play him as a solo, I think he's he's a classic option because he as soon as Reeves went off the field, it was like Meek just became a new player and just started smashing it. I think he's got heaps of upside. Um, Warps was solid again. He was on an average score and then saved it late, but for his price, he's been awesome, and I think he's going to keep doing it. The last thing I saw from that game was Cam McKenzie was disappointing, but he's a rookie, and he should bounce back. He's got a solid role, so I think he'll be fine
1: as well. That's what rookies do. They, you know, like one week they're good, next week they drop a 40. Hopefully they average out for a 60 plus. Like, I mean, well, in McKenzie's case, hopefully he averages out for 60 plus. Um, one last note that I had for this game is that McGinnis, Finn McGinnis did not tag this week, which surprised me. Um, so maybe that's a positive thing that maybe some of our primo players might avoid tags, or maybe they just didn't have anyone they wanted to tag. It seems weird, though. Like, you think that you'd tag, like, Warner or maybe even Goulden. There there are a few Sydney players that you could tag, but, yeah, Sam Mitchell decided not to this week. We'll see if he goes back to it.
0: Yeah, McGinnis is, like, honestly not very good at doing things other than tagging. So for him to be in the team and not tag does not make sense. I, I reckon... If he stays in the team from here, he'll tag.
1: Yeah. He was playing in the but. forward line. So it seemed... And I got smashed today. So I I can imagine that they'd, they'd start running him as a tagger again. But I think Sam Mitchell just wanted to try something a bit different. Um, all right. So let's move on to the next game. Essendon versus Gold Coast. Will Satterfield is <laughs> a star, mate. He's a star. He is the star of my life. He's the love of my life. I could kiss him. He's, I, I, I love that I started with him. He's just my favorite pick this year by so far. Will Setterfield is the man. And he's still an option for those of you that don't have him.
0: Yeah, he's he's been awesome. Setters equals hog. We love Setters in AFL Fantasy. He's the man. Um, Like you said, if you don't have him, you can still jump on. He's, he's going to be underpriced for another week or so. And then... Yeah, I I can't believe it. I can't believe he's averaging 126. He's the the perfect man. I'm going to name my first son, Will Setterfield, because he's just a beautiful man. I've got (laughs) more notes from this game. Constable was better this week with his disposal and did some really nice things. I think his JS has improved a bit, and he scored well again. So Constable is an absolute G. I love what he's doing for our teams. He's in my D4, and he's just solid there. I'm, I'm, it's good that his JS has received a bit of a boost because it was a concern last week. He, he butchered the footy, but, yeah, he was he was a lot better this week, so I think he's more solid. Alwin Davy Jr. smashes the eye test. He looks so good on field. He didn't drop a, a massive score by any means, but he, lo- he just looks phenomenal, and I think he's going to be in the team all year. And, Cuz, I wanted to ask you a question. What's that? What do you think about Matt Rao again? Because last week on the pod, we said, I said, if he does it again, he could be a legit option. And he did it again. And he was spreading for plus sixes. So surely you've warmed up on it. Surely you've warmed up on it slightly. I have to check this. I think five, which is a lot for Rao. Four. (laughs) So he had four, four in the end, but... He's not a massive plus six guy. Four, four for him is solid. He racked up eight tackles. He had 22 touches, which is actually like relatively low for someone of someone with Raul's role and his, uh, potential. Cause you know, he's a number one draft pick and he's probably going to be a beast. He's averaging over a hundred, mate. I, I reckon he could be like having a legit breakout and everyone's just not, not keen because we all went a year early on him last year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I. I was thinking it. I saw the score. I didn't get to watch the game. Just a quick correction. I think he had six tackles.
0: Uh, did he? My app says well, six, not
1: eight. But- I'm wrong and you're a flog then. <laughs> but it's okay because we know he's a, he's a big tackler. So if anything, Sorry, there's did room it. for growth. There's room for growth Six on tackles. score.
0: Six tackles. He had eight in round one. Um, but yeah, like I said, growth. It, if you look at his stat line, it, it looks like he could achieve it every week like he's just he's got so much potential and yeah like i said i think he's having a breakout in front of our eyes and he's just unique because a lot of people got burnt by him last year
1: yeah everyone's got a sour taste in their mouth from him man i i don't hate it but i would want to see one more what what is he um priced at
0: he's 717k and he's in 3% uh. of teams. I was looking for an option for Dom Sheed, but I don't want to go up. Well, he started the season at 660k, but he's been smashing it, so he's gone up in price. Yeah,
1: I guess it makes <laughs> sense.
0: That's how the game works. It is, mate. Um, The other, I, had, I did have one more note from this game, and it was just kudos if you jumped on Menzi. I was keen on doing it, but I didn't want to pay that much for a small forward. He's been awesome. Man. He's His average is solid. He looks good. He's He's a... He's hard at the, he's hard at the ball he's a high pressure player. I think he's got a good J.s as well um and yeah he's he's been really solid in fantasy so far as well so kudos if you if you made that choice
1: yeah I was um one last thing. Jared Witz is just average and I'm sad about it. I was so keen to sing the Jared Witz chant on the podcast again. we will we will someday soon, but not today.
0: Yeah, after such a huge round one, though, an 84 is not the worst score in the world. He's averaging 110, so it's still massive. And his next two games are, like, really soft for a Ruckman. He plays Geelong with probably no Reese. Well, yeah, no Reese Stanley. I can't remember how long he's out for, but he is injured. And the Saints, who Rowan Marshall is not a dominant tap Ruckman by any stretch of the imagination. So Witsy's going to have a solid patch, I think.
1: Hell yeah, he is. And we will sing our chant. All right, let's move on to the final game of the round. We have West Coast versus GWS. And I just want to start with this. Dom Sheed is a piece of shit. I Can't believe he's in my team. Dom Sheed is a piece of shit. I can't believe he's in my team. That was off the dome. You're a weird man. (laughs) <laughs> Look, I tried to sell.
0: Uh, I tried to sell you on the Dom Sheed trade last week, and you didn't believe me. But you believe me now,
1: don't you, mate? He well doesn't have a fantasy game. No. Nah. I had a, I had a, my first fantasy dream of the season a couple of nights ago about Dom Sheed, and it was a weird. One I um, you, so you know how in round one where it was like if you didn't have your team completed by the Thursday night game, it would autofill like random game uh, random players. Yeah, I had I had in my dream I was trying to trade out Dom Sheed like right before lockout, like one minute before lockout, and I went trade out, and then before I could click the player that I wanted, it auto filled <laughs> into Jack Gunston for some reason, and um, and I had a horrible night, and that was that was my dream, and I thought it was an omen that Dom Sheed was like John Sheed was a hold. And now I know not to listen to your fantasy dreams and just to, just to use your brain like a smart man would. Fantasy dreams are funny, mate. I
0: remember one, one year, like a, well, a couple years ago, I had a dream that Basher Hooli dropped a 160 and I was looking for a defender. So I brought him in off the back of it and he dropped like 56 or something. And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> it's not fair, mate. It's crazy how you have dreams about fantasy. You get that that into it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Addiction, mate. Yeah. Addiction. It is. It is. I, I've got a few notes from this game. The first one, okay, so I was writing this as the game was being played, and it was Cogs is an animal, and then he just slowed down so hard. He still turned up and, you know, good game, did solid, but I thought he was going 150, and he just slowed down so hard. Cogs is, is still a beast, though. He's been solid this year. Um, Isaac Cumming is interesting. He, he's he been at close. Well, he was 90-plus last year, and I think just under the year before. What is going on? He's been so bad in the first two games. I'm all the way off him. I was keen on him early in the preseason as a classic option, and he's been super disappointing. Uh, also, Callahan had the weirdest game. I wrote this stat, so he's averaging 72 now, but in fourth quarters alone, he's averaging 33.5. So in, in the first three quarters, he's averaging 38.5, and then in the fourth <laughs> quarter, he averages 33.5. So he, it, it, it's like he, his gut running just takes over at the end of games, and he starts smashing it. I don't know if I, if I should look at it as a positive or a negative, because... He's capable of doing that and he's not doing it early. But also, if he, you know, plays three quarters and then gets a knock and maybe gets subbed out or for whatever reason something happens in the fourth, he could drop like a 30 and that would be
1: disastrous. Can I just chime in? So as a non owner, <laughs> I thoroughly, 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 thoroughly enjoyed the first three quarters. It was, it was fun. It was very fun. Um, and then my ranking, I dipped like 1K off the back of his last quarter. Um, yeah, the start of the fourth quarter was interesting because Gaff Gaff was on the same wing as him and was like shutting down his run. And then I think Gaff like swapped wings or something like that. But then his like direct opponent was like Sam Petreski-Seaton or something like that. Like someone, some trash bag. And um, <laughs> then um <laughs> then he got off the chain and dropped like a 30-point quarter. Um, so I don't know. It's it's a weird one, but I, if I was an owner, I'd be concerned. And I was almost an owner, and I'm just very happy that I picked Jack Zebel instead, who is the man. That's well, all I want to say. I, I am concerned. The other weird thing was he copped
0: like the softest knock ever to his arm. Like it, it, it was like Shannon Hearn just gave him a little fist bump, and they just just slightly touched. And he went off clutching his shoulder and was on the bench like, oh, he has both his he has like 15 rolls of tape on his two shoulders. It's concerning. He his shoulders must just be horrendously bad. He must just have the worst shoulders in the world. I'm I'm calling it now. He will get subbed out at some point this year with a shoulder injury.
1: Yeah, he's got he's got those Bo Waters shoulders. It's horrible, mate.
0: (laughs) So (laughs) that partially for that, I'm keen to get him out of my team. Cause I don't want to deal with a horrible <laughs> sub score. And also it's scary to watch in like injury prone players roaming your field and just every contest they go into, you're like, Ooh! <laughs> just, <laughs> just clenching and hoping. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it was a weird, it was a weird game from Callahan, but he he did well to, to junk his way to a respectable score for his price. One, one more thing I wanted to say, Chessa, Chessa is a hot chance to get dropped.
1: Yeah, he very, very had big six chance.
0: six disposals after having five disposals last week and just doesn't look like he's up to the level. He needs to spend some time in the waffle. As much as I hate to say it because he's in my team, he needs some
1: time in the waffle just to develop his game and, and just get his hands on the ball. Okay, my last note is that Eagles aren't really going to be fantasy relevant at all this year. Uh, there, there are like zero players that you would touch. Especially with the way that their game style has changed, um, you just wouldn't you wouldn't do it. Obviously, we all have Jindy, and we'll jump off at some stage. But after that, I don't think there is anyone that you would look to target. Yo, yo, yeah, actually, I will take it all back. Just pret- just pretend the last thirty seconds never <laughs> happened. <laughs> no,
0: I, I, I get what you mean. They don't have any fantasy play- relevant players at the moment. I am keen on Yo when he
1: comes in. Depending could on could it be could it be a, a concern? Could it be a concern for Yo's scoring potential though? Because they really do look like a different. Like they used to really junk it a lot, and obviously Yo is like a beast on the inside. He's a, he's one of the best tacklers in the league. Um, he can win the footy. He loves a plus six, but that's the thing. Like Sheed loves a plus six, and now he doesn't get them. You know what I mean? So it's like you take that out of Yo's Yo's scoring.
0: I still uh, think,
1: you, you know t- what I mean? Maybe, maybe he's like an 85 guy rather than a 95 guy.
0: I still think you take it with a grain of salt because it's only been two games. And don't forget, Dom Sheed missed the whole of last year. So he could just be taking a little while to heat up. Um, no, nah, man.
1: Dom Sheed is I,
0: shit. No, nah, but I, I'm not, I'm, I'm still keen on Yo when he comes in. I want to see how he looks first. Like, I wouldn't jump on him before he's played, but he could still be that, you know, hard player, rack up tackles, get, you know, two or three marks four marks a game and be like a super solid option in in, in defence but you know he, as as a midfielder in the actual game um i don't yeah i'm not really too concerned with that for him but like you say yeah there's no relevant eagles at the moment and there won't be until until yo comes in and even when he does come in we don't know exactly how he's going to look i've just me personally i think he'll be awesome
1: all right so that wraps up all the games for this week that was um, some good discussion therapy um let's talk about some trades for this week so lockout has well, lifted have you made some trades i wanted to
0: ask you first while we're on the on the theme of reviewing what were your trades how did your trades from
1: last week go okay mate i'm stoked with my trades so <laughs> my first trade was by tell which i'm flat that i had to trade him out because um, he was looking like an awesome pick he was getting midfield time. He was basically rookie price to start with. He dropped an eighty-three in round one, and then he got like a knee cut and was in hospital for a few days. And they said he'd miss he'd miss at least one game. So I decided to trade him to Chandler. Um, I felt like Chando needed to be in my team. Um, so I grabbed I grabbed Chandler, and then with my second trade, I wanted to I knew I wanted to trade Tom Powell because he didn't get the midfield time that we were expecting in round one. And my decisions were between Callahan and Zeeble. And obviously the gun coach that I am, I picked Zeeble and it it all just worked out. So yeah, my trades were good. My trades are pretty good. What about yours? Mate, I was torn all week on trades. As you know, I messaged you a lot of
0: times about it, (laughs) just trying to figure out what to do. Um, I eventually decided on going Dom Sheed and Tom Powell because I started with them both as well to Cade Chandler and Connor Rosey. So Chandler, you know, the best rookie. Well, he, the, he was the best rookie that I didn't have. So I was keen to jump on him for the cash end and he looked really good in the game. I, I think he, he did his JS. I, I just, I, yeah, I think he did his JS some good and he's going to stay in the good. team now. He was good. Yeah, he, he was solid, and he kicked a, an awesome goal from the boundary. It was sick. Uh, Connor Rosey was disappointing. He still scored 81. So I made points on my trades. I got rid of two failed mid-prices or failing mid-prices, brought in a gun rook and a top six forward. So I'm stoked about it. It wasn't a huge payoff this week, but it definitely will be down the track. Um, And I had cash for this week so I can do some nice upgrades which I'm which I'm happy about. So yeah, I'm I'm stoked with my trades from last week as well.
1: Talk to me about those upgrades. What have you got planned?
0: All right, so lockout lifted just before as we were speaking and I quickly fiddled with some trades. And at the moment it's this is gonna sound controversial. <laughs> and I might copy back from our listeners, but I'm looking at going Jack McRae and Lockie Cowan to Nick Dacos and Will Day. So I'll explain it before you before you let me have it. Um I think McRae is just not the Uber Primo we thought he was. And if he's a low hundred midfielder, he is easily replaced. He's not he's not particularly cheap. Like there's no real incentive to stay on him. I don't think his ceiling's massive anymore, especially especially if he's lost CBAs and might not get them back. Um, Lockie Cowan, I think, is just a dud rookie and is not going to make any money. So I want to go to Dacos, who screams and waves his arms around and just wants the ball no matter where he is. And Will Day, who we both discussed, looks like the pick of, of the mid price defenders. I think it's awesome. It strengthens my backline massively. It makes my D6 become, uh, Jinbi now. So, oh, sorry. Actually, I moved Jinby into my midfield, and my D6 is actually Charlie Constable now. So my defense is rock solid. Mids mids are definitely light on without my M1 there. But, yeah, McRae is no, So who have you got an M1 then? Tom Green at the moment.
1: Oh! Yuck.
0: So, yeah, he but... He sucks, so,
1: mate.
0: Who, who's, who's your... M M two. You've got McCray and Kelly. Kelly didn't even play this week, and McRae sucks. We both own him. Tom Green is a nah, beast, mate. I will. He's fellas, of- I'm
1: doubling down. I will die on this Jack McCray hill. I will be the last man standing. I, I'm telling you, you, mate, you Jack McRae. No, nah,
0: you're going to get burnt. You're going to get All burnt right. to a crisp, mate. L- last year for the entire season, he did this, and now he's doing it again. You can't write him out. He's not. He's just not the same. He's not the same player anymore. <laughs> he's out of my team. Yeah, I I I'm not doing it again. I want someone who demands the ball and has a fantasy friendly role. So yeah, Nick Dacos in my team. Will Day in my team. Upgrade my D six. My defense, my forwards, and my rucks are rock solid. Mids are light on, but I think you can afford to go light on somewhere. Lead will be my target for next week. That's what I'm thinking. And then he'll be my M1. Mate, I
1: I'm I'm pumped for Thursday night now. If you trade out McCray. It's going to be so, it's going to be awesome. Um, It's going to be awesome for me and bad for you, mate. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see, mate. Um, Well, I'm going to be holding McRae because my plan, I mean, it's it's very early, so things obviously change. That's just the disclaimer, the big disclaimer about this trade discussion. But at this stage, I'm looking to go sheet down and then look up look to fix up that D6 spot. So I want to go Cowan up. So at this stage, it's Sheed actually back to Bytel of all players. Um, if he's back, obviously, that's the that's the thing that I have to wait and see. But if Bytel is back, he's coming straight back into the team considering that Jack Steele is out for at least four weeks. I think Bytel is going to have some solid midfield time. Windhager was the sub this week. So obviously Ross Ross has some slightly different opinions of Windhager, then uh, you know, then maybe everyone else does, but um, I think Bytel, if he's if he's fit, will be straight back into that midfield, um, and then I'm looking to go count up to Will Day, and that puts Jinbi at D6 for me, and my team is going to be rolling from next week onwards because I have Josh Kelly back as well, hopefully. Um,
0: yeah. So I'm stoked. Yeah, love it. I'm keen to. I'm keen on Bytel as well. If he if he's in this week, he could he could be in my plans if um if I opt not to trade McRae.
1: Man, but I think Bytel stage. could average more than Sheed. I actually think he could. I think yeah, he could I, do, I think so. I too. think he'd do eighty plus, and I think Sheed is like maybe around the eighty mark.
0: Yeah, my trade it's it's hard for me because I don't want to jump off Callahan yet. Like he, you know, he's averaging seventy two, which is not massive, but he's going up in price. His B is only thirty one. So, I do want to ride him for a bit longer. But yeah, if I, if I opt to hold McRae, Bytel is one of the guys I'm keen on because I think, I think Bytel could average 80 plus potentially. Um, I called it, I called it on the cousins Twitter early in the preseason that I, I, I thought that could be the number. So, stick to my guns, mate. If not, um, Bytel will definitely be on, in, in my targets for next week as well.
1: Cool. All right. So, I think that, that, um, Wraps us up for this week. Um, any other final thoughts? Uh
0: no, no real final thoughts. Just that I'm keen for a, I'm keen for a bounce back week, mate. It's uh, the optimism is high again at, at Subs HQ, and uh, I'm I'm keen to put this this round behind me, round two.
1: Yeah, I am feeling really good about my team. The fact that I went off in rank and I held Kelly, it just feels really good. I think the fact that all my cheat players, like my Uh, I've got all the rookies that I want to have. I've got all the mid prices that I want now other than Will Day, who I'm bringing in this week. The only thing that was disappointing is that I picked a bad captain and that my primo players underperformed. But primo players are the ones that you expect to bounce back more than rookies and mid prices. So I'm feeling really good about where my team's at. I held Josh Kelly. I went up in rank. So I've got a primo coming back in. Um, I'm feeling really good about things for this week. Uh, so yeah, I can't wait for round three. So that brings us to the end of our discussion uh, episode for round two. Um, thanks for listening to us. We appreciate all the love, all the support. Um, shout out to all the people who have, you know, been pumping us up on Twitter and been listening to our content and harping us up. We love you guys. Um, and we're just, yeah, we're having fun. We are into the season now. I'm keen to have you back, Caves. Come back to Perth, please.
0: Yes, mate. I'm very keen to get back to Perth. The holiday was good until the last couple of days, and then everything's gone south. So <laughs> I really want to just get back and enjoy the footy and record from from the,
1: the podcasting studio that we've set up. It'll be nice. Yeah, and we can be together. We can kiss, do all those, we can, all those fun things. Yeah, all those things that cousins do. Um, exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. Alright, so um, yeah, like I mentioned the Twitter, follow us on Twitter at The Cousins Pod At The Cousins Pod It's where we do our best work and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Kiss your cousin Kiss. Kiss
0: your cousin Kiss him on the lips Kiss Your cousin
1: Kiss Your cousin